The Gold Circle is recorded on the land of the Yagara and Turrbal people, and we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. The Gold Circle, Australia's number one netball podcast. I'm your host, Nick Leaker, and I am all by myself. That's right. This is the intro to our interview with Megan Anderson, which took place earlier this week. Um, we were very thankful for the Firebirds to uh, to get us a slot on their schedule uh, before this, the uh, the year came out. So um, Luke's not here because we forgot to record the intro um, after the episode, so I'm here to do it. Uh, Abby was sadly absent for this one as well, but we did manage to get a couple of um, cheeky Swifts uh, grand final notes in. So, uh, Abs, look, apologies for that. Uh, it's a, still a sore spot, apparently, if you have a chat to Megan. Um, look, honestly, uh, Megan was a terrific guest, uh, a wonderful coach. She's a very surprising hire for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I think looking at uh, the, the stuff that we um, ended up having a chat to her about um, that afternoon... Uh, it was a it was a phenomenal chat. Um, lots of uh, of her histories and and what we're what we can expect um, for the Firebirds moving into twenty twenty one and um, the culture shifts and 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 that sort of process of which uh, she applied for the job as well. So, um, look, uh, thank you very much to the Firebirds for allowing us the time and Megan as well. Thank you very much for for coming on to the show um, at such. Uh, short notice now everyone this is the last episode for 2020 and i just wanted to sit down and thank you very much um for what has been a, a really weird and bizarre year um as everyone can attest to uh you know i i want to thank our listeners um you know both in australia and overseas um in new zealand and the uk uh as well as the us and a few other uh, places that i'm forgetting as well um thank you so so much for your support over the course of the season i know the regular schedule was a bit of an issue for us um, and that's mainly because we were covering the games every uh, every day. So um, thank you very much for sticking by with us um, over the course of the season. It really does mean the world to us, and it, and it really does um, force us to work um, just as hard to improve the show um, every single year. You know, we're going on to our fifth year, I think, next year. So um, you know, it's it's really exciting to be a, a part of the community and um, a part of. Uh, a community that uh, cares for one another and also cares for the growth of the sport. So it's, it's been very exciting to be a part of that. Um, so I just want to wish you um, a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, a happy new year. Please stay safe. Please enjoy the food. Please enjoy the alcohol. If you're drinking, please be as safe as possible. But for now, I hope you enjoy the episode with Megan Anderson and we'll catch you in 2021. Thank you so much for listening, guys. <laughs> Megan Anderson, coach of the Queensland Firebirds, something that I don't think I would have expected to say this deep into the year. Um, what was the process like to, to become head coach? Yeah, um, thanks. It's pretty exciting. I, um, I was not going to apply and then had a couple of days thinking about it and I was like, yeah, Queensland would be quite a nice place to live. So... Yeah, why not throw my hat in the ring? And then um, I think it was about a month-long process. Um, yeah, just the application and the interview and had to review a little video and have another interview and it was all via Zoom or no, um, online because of COVID. So it was pretty intense, but um, I got to meet quite a few people in the organisation throughout the process. So 
yeah the the most interesting part was trying to keep it secret at the end there when I couldn't tell anybody I think I told my dad and that was it so that was the most um exciting time yeah I was gonna say it took me by surprise at least anyway because there was a a lot of rumors going around who was going like who had applied who'd done this and who'd done that and then when the announcement came I was like oh I I don't just to clarify not because of your skill level or anything like that more so you've been a Swiss for so long you obviously had the two finals uh 15 and 16 where you were coaching so it's sort of you know I I didn't expect it yeah I think because I hadn't um been a part of a club for a couple of years I flew under the radar a little bit and nobody was talking about me but um yeah for myself I guess um I'd been assistant coach well in in a role of, of assistant coach for the last six or seven years so it was either now or never I think the kids are at a good age and um you know with the new coach coming in for the diamonds and I wasn't sure what was going on with that role so I thought yeah why not now's now's the time um obviously with COVID you're probably hanging out like everyone else watching games midweek and watching all the games um what was probably your biggest take like maybe top five takeaways from last season I guess yeah uh, the midweek games were unreal I really enjoyed those um they they kind of kept you going when you're stuck in your house for the whole week (laughs) um I guess the the biggest takeaway was um you know the two-point shot could really change the game and I think um you know, there were times where I, I felt disappointed for the team that lost because I felt like they deserved to win. But then there was other times where it was exciting that someone won when they weren't winning. So um, I don't know how I feel about it when I'm actually coaching um, on the court <laughs> next year when we either win or lose because of it. Um, the other thing I took out was that, like, how amazing are our athletes to play two games um, in a week and, and a bit of travel thrown in there. Like, I thought the athletes were just amazing and, and even all the support staff for each of the clubs. Like, to, to put your life on hold for three months is just unbelievable for when you consider probably... Um, the smallish salaries that they're on compared to the other sports and not one word of complaint and no scandals and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So just the organisation of Netball and Netball Australia and all the clubs as a whole I thought was just unreal. Was that something that like before you applied to coach, was that something that this whole season, like 2020 season as a whole, was that something where you looked at it and go, okay, I think I kind of want to be involved in this again? Yeah, well, I always look at, you know, when there's a, a pinnacle event or a grand final or something like that and I'm like oh, I just love high performance sport so you know I always go for a bit of stability and while the kids were young I was happy to be at home their first year of kindy this year so I did want to have a quiet year and then COVID hit and I had a super quiet <laughs> year so it got to mid-year and I was homeschooling and I'm like okay I need some netball just give me some netball so yeah like I, I go through cycles but High performance sport is definitely what I love to do and um, just all that, that excitement around the strategy and all that sort of stuff I love. Um, did you have, obviously Firebirds um, kind of had a, I guess, rough start to the season, but they sort of built towards the end there. Was that something you were really focused, focusing on once you'd obviously applied or yeah, look, got I through that process? Yeah, look, I think I, even before I thought about, even before it was, um, you know, known that Rose was um, stepping down, I had been texting Gabby saying, how good I thought they were playing and that their structures were really good and they just needed to stick to the process because you could feel that there was a win coming up. So I had been, you know, I think they're one of the most exciting teams in the comp this year and it was really, you know, aside from the Swifts who were, um, who I had been with and, you know, obviously know the coach really well, Firebirds was the one team that I did watch a lot um, because they were so exciting to watch. So it's a bit exciting that now I'm coaching them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember that first game when Tipper just came on 
I think it was against the Lightning and the Lightning looked completely out of sorts being like, oh my God, where did Tipper come from? Yeah. And she was, I think she was like five from six from the yeah. super shot in like the yeah. first half, I think. Yeah, because she was sinking the side ones. She yeah. was sort of going yeah. very patient. She was doing really yeah. well and then she just sort of lit it up a bit. Yeah. Does that is that one of those things that also like you, you're coming in now, like you get to sort of mould those structures into what you want to see? Or yeah, like yeah. I think, um, you know, we've got quite a few experienced players in the team, but then, you know, a bunch of young and exciting ones who are just really super keen to learn and keep getting better. So um, that's all we can ask for as a coach is to have those players that want to keep getting better. And luckily our experienced players are also like that. Yeah. Um, they're also keen, like Romelda's coming back into some really good form and she's super keen to keep going and Rav's coming back from having a child and I think, you know, it's just a really good um, vibe in the team at the moment. Yeah, I imagine, like, what was... Because losing Cassidy's obviously quite large. Cassidy's been, like, part of the team for, what, five or six years, I think it was, before she's moved up up north. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But hearing Ravi coming back, was that were, were you privy to that at all, or did you no, just? No, no, that was way before I'd even thought about applying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, Mahali was such a workhorse this year. I think you couldn't have asked for a better centre in a season like this because she just does not stop. Um, but if you're going to lose her, then you know someone like Ravi's the the best replacement for her. Having been here before, she's got some connections with. Um, Gabby and Gretz and Romelda and then just that leadership in in the midcourt where we've got you know the other two are fairly inexperienced um, at that level so it's so great to have her come back as well and obviously she is super fit as well so (laughs) we've replaced one workhorse with another which is quite nice. Um, Up that front end how are you going to manage obviously you've got uh, Tipper, uh, Bewetta, uh, and Romelda, how are you going to sort of manage that with who gets on? Is it sort of the two-point shot time? Are you going to pull yeah. Romelda off or something? Um, or? <laughs> <laughs> well, Not to go too hard. No, but no, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the teams use those tall shooters for rebounding in those two-point times, which is really good. But I think the best thing about those three is that they're so different. Um, you know, like there's five or six different combinations that you could put on there and, and the teams are going to have to adjust pretty quickly to whoever goes on in whatever position. So that's the most exciting thing as a coach. Um, and, you know, just having Tipper and Romelda there as the backup for Gretz if, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with her after she has her baby. Um, she's very keen to get back as quick as possible, but you just don't know. So we have the luxury of not having to put too much pressure on her um, and then with the rolling subs and all of that sort of stuff we can bring her on in and out of games as we see fit and depending how she's traveling so for me um, you know having those three there is not a problem but it's actually really exciting because I can play around with it quite a bit yeah that must be so exciting there's such a, there's such an era of excitement with the firebirds especially over the last couple of weeks with obviously the majority of the playing group coming back next season, then you're hiring, yeah. and then obviously Kimmy Rav coming back too. Like, you have to be excited just as a fan of the game, the fact that, like, yeah, yeah, this I know. Squad. Yeah, and, you know, I was a fan of them this year watching them play. So I think um, having Buetta back and, and Ravi back, I think that will just hopefully bring the fans in, in droves and we can fill up this stadium and um, get some good crowds here after not having many crowds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I want to throw it back a little bit because you were part um, of the coaching team for the Swifts in the ANZ Prems 
Ooh. that this is yeah. going to be a sore spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sore yeah. spot for Swifts fans and also Abby McCulloch as well, who can't be here with us today. So, But that's also been like a sticking point for us is that we just have to roast abs about losing those finals. Yeah. But being part of that coaching stuff, how does that – how does that experience mold you into the coach that you are today? Oh, those were devastating. There's probably pictures somewhere of me like crying on the sideline because <laughs> um, that like, no, seriously, they were the best two games of domestic netball, I think, in our history. I think they were fantastic um, games for our sport. Um, I had so many people tell me how good those games were and they were not netball fans. Um, so from that point of view, it's really good. It was good to be a part of those games and I kind of see um it's funny but I don't associate me here now with the Firebirds as and those games I feel like that was a different Firebirds group it was a different Swifts group and I was different and um yeah so I don't maybe I'm just trying to block it out <laughs> I don't know <laughs> have you have you gone back and watched them at all or? no definitely no, not <laughs> Abby said the same thing and I was like oh I would have yeah I would have watched it and it's funny what people pick up because someone said oh I remember that pass that Paige threw and I was like oh I'm pretty sure that we probably shouldn't have been in that position to start with yeah um so it's funny what different people remember and probably I probably should go back and watch it now because it's probably less raw and I might learn something from it now but maybe get a zoom group together with the whole yeah. team yeah <laughs> yeah just really really those wine. painful memories yeah. yeah everyone gets to yeah, sit in the painful zoom idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. um I guess also you had an amazing playing career too um are you able to take because I, I feel like quite a few of our listeners are quite young and so I feel like we need to build your resume a little bit for them. All oh, right, okay. So are you able to take <laughs> us through or our listeners through what your playing career has been up until you retired? Uh, yeah, so or not, or not right from – I came from the Central Coast yeah. and so I was from Woi Woi and um, I think that was the best thing because – well, I, for, for number one, I always made the rep team because – only that number of people tried out. <laughs> um, so they're always asking for extra players for teams, not cutting people. Um, but it, it meant that I was able to, um, I don't know, I guess gain the confidence slowly and learn slowly rather than be competing super early um, for a spot in a team. But I also had a really good coach um, when I was youngster and he really um, instilled a like a questioning belief in me so if I asked a question on how to do something he wouldn't just tell me how to do it he'd say well what do you think like you know what's that player good at and and what are you good at so that's something that I try to bring through in my coaching now because um, I think that really set me up for a really successful um, representative career and then pretty much I just tried out for teams to take a day off school back in the day <laughs> and then ended up making a, um, a state schoolgirls team which then led to um an under-19 state team and Australian squads after that. And then the Commonwealth Bank Trophy started and I got a spot with the Swifts, but um, they had all, uh, quite a few Australian players there and I was sitting behind Katrina Wagg and um, Catherine Cox. And so then I played a year in Adelaide to kind of get on the court. And, you know, that was one of those years where I'd been at uni and I'd finished uni, so it was really good timing, and I got a chance to do some proper training. And when I'm um, sorry, that was the Ravens, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the Ravens, yeah. and we made the grand final, and we had a pretty like unheralded team, so it was a, it was good of us to make the grand final. But yeah, I thought I was fit before I went there, and realised that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so a big wake up call, moving out of home for the first time, and um, learning how to train hard, and and then I think after that year, I made the Diamonds 
God for the first time. Um, but yeah, I think for, with the Diamonds, I was in probably six years in and out of the team. Um, I was in the squad the whole time, but got you know would get dropped and picked up and dropped and picked up. So I think that's really built my um, awareness as a coach as well, and learning what I um, liked as a player and what I respected as a player from a coach in terms of when you've got to tell people that you know what they need to work on and all that sort of stuff. I really value honesty from those dealings with my coaches back then and um, yeah so I haven't had a smooth sailing career that's for sure and um, I think hopefully that's helped the um, you know the empathetic side of my coaching I think rather than just being a bit like a machine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Those championship seasons um, we sort of spoke to Bryony about probably you know how great those teams were and the rivalry obviously with Adelaide Thunderbirds and that sort of thing um do you sort of look back on those you know what what do you take from those moments and obviously put into your coaching career now yeah I think um you know we had such a great team and it was you know the core of it was around for a long time and I think um when you look at successful teams they often have you know the core of six or seven players that have been together for a long time so you have you have a basic understanding of each other but you can also have the tough conversations when you want to like I have vivid memories of Liz Ellis screaming at me from the other end of the court but <laughs> you know you, you get off the court and you have not taken it personally you know that you know she is so super passionate about the game and about what we're doing that you know that's that's the place it was coming from so I think um, you know making sure as a coach that you you have a group of girls that can have some tough tough conversations but um, but be friends off the court is is something that makes a team be a champion team but it's, it's a really hard thing to develop I think yeah in terms of I, we were talking pre-show about your sort of career over in the ANZ championships I'm very curious to, to hear how different the experience in the play style is. I know obviously we get to see it on television and, and you know, we talk to it with other players and stuff like that, but having lived the mm. experience on the court, what was that like? Yeah, I think um, coming, because I'd just finished with the Diamonds and, um, you know, the Australian style is all about kind of running and outrunning your opponent and over there all they do is outthink their opponents. So, um, and I always thought that I was a fairly... Um, smart player and like to think on the court and I realized that I probably didn't think that much well not as much as I could have so I think that's what prolonged my career going over there because I I learned to run a little bit less and think a little bit more and position my body better and um, set up they really set up their teammates a lot a lot more over there so um, yeah that was something that I had to learn pretty quickly and and the ball kind of travels down the court in different timings. So I was playing a bit of goal attack and a bit of wing attack and I really found wing attack difficult over there because of how different the timing was for the ball coming out of the defence end. Um, But it was very interesting and I had a great coach in Yvonne Willering over there who was also a really um, great thinker on the court and really challenged you to think outside the box. So she would question everything that you did, even even if she thought it was good or bad, just to try and understand why and say, but what about this? And so, um, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed my time over there. I'm moving, sort of moving on to your being assistant coach for the Diamonds over the last couple of years. Just just for clarity, when, when did that end up finishing? Was that when Lisa was uh, moved <laughs> from the position or...? Um, the wa- wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Um, the bushfire match was the last, the last yeah. one. The, That's right. The last yep. official. Yeah, we kind of went um, contract by contract, so we weren't on a two year contract. Oh, okay, it was sure. just um, 
okay, so, yeah, I think it was for Constellation Cup to start with and then it went to World Cup and then it went to Constellation Cup and then so it was just bits and pieces like that. Uh, I'm more curious about your takeaway, personal takeaways as being an assistant coach and being on the ground for basically what would be considered some of the best teams in the world. How does... Were there, was there much difference in terms of what you apply, what uh, want to, wanting to apply now to what you learned being in that sort of particular? Oh yeah, program? it was amazing. Um, you know, like I was there for two years, and I I probably learned more from her in those two years than from any of the other coaches that I've worked with. Like um, her and Rob are very very different coaches, um, but from Lisa, I think um, she was just very holistic. Um, in terms of, you know, treating the players like people and making sure that they're good off the court as well as on the court, but also wanting to... um, She challenged herself a lot um, and she challenged myself and Claire a lot in terms of our coaching and our thought processes and why would we do this and why would we do that and um, as opposed to just, you know, being in a job where you kind of get to do what you want a little bit as an assistant coach, yet you're the shooting coach, go off and do... Um, you know she would make us sit down and say what we were going to do and okay why are you doing that what are you hoping to get out of it and so I think um, that was the best way for me to learn about myself as a coach having her there because she yeah she just challenged her thinking all the time which was really good. Is that one of those things where you sort of look at it I mean you obviously being an attacking specialist coach how do you expand that sort of knowledge beyond just doing that was that because did the diamonds program help with that or was that obviously just moving from the yeah to yeah the definitely to and I think um I think playing in New Zealand really helped me um with my defensive structures um I both of the coaches or a couple of the coaches over there I had were defensive specialists so I learned a lot from them um but also learn a lot from Claire in the diamonds as well because we would all be in on the discussion so and I'd just pick her brain constantly we'd be on the bench and I'd be like oh so that centre pass happened like would you should that girl be here and would do this and so we had really lots of good conversations across the two years over stuff like that so um yeah just a really good um learning ground but I think I've got some I've got some good ideas on the structure that and I'm watching the defenders closely in the recap of the matches that I'm watching this year so um there's just some small things that I think we can implement at the Firebirds next year and I I can't wait to see what Kim and Tara and Rudy can really do with that because they're very exciting yeah I was going to say Rudy was one of those players that we were talking about over the course of the season she's going to have underrated signing it is also kind of stacked across the court you really have multiple options yeah yeah I do in all positions is really good and um yeah I had Rudy well she was in the Swift squad um, when I first started at the Swifts and she was first out of school and she had just moved from shooter to defender. So she's pretty young in that area. And, uh, um, yeah, she's improved out of sight in the last year or so, which is exciting. Just, I guess, on the Firebird squad moving into 2021, um, obviously replacing, replacing Rose, who's been at the club for so long. Um, I know that there were some critics of the of the team over the course of the season that there was a lack of consistency or there was just, whether it's internal, external, who knows. But I'm curious about how your what your approach is going to be for the team this season whether it's going to be is it more outside group activities or is it internal development that you want to work on specifically like um yeah I think you know um obviously they had some really good structure because they won 
lots of games towards the end of the season. So I, I don't think there's a massive amount to change. I'm not the type of person to come in and just throw everything out and start all over again. I don't I don't believe in that in any organisation or any role. Um, you know, and everyone I've spoken to has a real belief in the culture and the um, playing group. So um, I know that that's already there. So for me, it's just about... Um, building on what they had this year and what they finished the season with and um, just kind of tweaking it to add my little style, I guess, in in attack and and defence and, um, yeah, trying to take it to that next level. Um, People are sort of talking about Firebirds as being, you know, potentially top two, top three next season. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think... um, Obviously, being the attacking coach, who do you think, what defensive structure in the league do you think you're most worried about? Like, is it sort of the Vixens or...? Yeah, it's a hard one because, you know, you often think, oh, that team's probably the best and then they don't match up well against another team. So, the, all the different matchups are, are quite interesting. You know, um, I might give away some secrets, but... <laughs> I can beep it out, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I think um, the Fever have a very exciting defence end because um, they're also young and they're explosive and they have the ability to turn over a lot of ball. Um, Obviously, the Thunderbirds have got Shamira Sterling in there who can pretty much do anything, so you've always got to be wary of her. And I think the Vixens this year, what impressed me the most about them defensively was they they added a plan B to their game and I don't mm. think they've had that prior to this season so that was really impressive from them um like, you know and then you go to Sunshine Coast Lightning and they have that great a great zone and um offline defense happening so yeah I don't think you can really separate many of the teams um you know this year I was I was always saying this year like it, it was just going to depend who was having their tired game at the time as to who was who was going to lose because um, it was so close and everybody was going to be tired at some point throughout the season from playing two games. So it was really interesting to see at what stage people were having their little hole. Yeah. Um, also with Romelda and um, I keep saying I keep going to say Tippers, but it's Bewetta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Tipper and Tippet. Yeah. 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 Um, having those two together, and obviously their combination is so good. Do, is there anything you sort of tweak with that, or is it more so let's just keep doing what we're doing, or you know, are we going to see Romelda shooting two points, you know, most of the game, or? I just think it depends how Gretel comes back. Um, they do have a good combination, and they certainly have a good understanding down there so um you know and the and the the double pronged height thing is a really good um bonus um you know with a bit of movement in there because I think Romelda's added a nice little bit of movement Mm. into a game and really cut down her errors when she does come out of the circle so yeah, I, I mean, I just think adding. Sorry, some, it's so early yeah, in the season. I'm <laughs> asking these guys. I want to hear everything. I just, think, <laughs> I just think adding some variety to their game, I guess, so that you know, um, people aren't always expecting Gretel to get the ball and then um, dish a high one into Romelda. So, yeah, um, I'm all about variety in a game and and not staying static. So. That's what I'll be looking to do. Is that sort of one of the biggest changes you've seen since your playing career? Is it sort of the variety and the different sort of styles of play that you have to sort of combat as a coach? Yeah, I think um, like back in our day, it was a very long time ago now, but, um, you know, we didn't have the absolute giant goal shooters. Like a lot of the taller goal shooters were also movers. So um, we didn't have to combat 
that height, which can be something very difficult to do. You, you know, do you either go man or man and, you know, like you burn through some energy yep. trying to stay man or man for so long and then it just gets bombed in and it's like kind of deflating. So you've really got to think um, about picking off the ball early but still putting enough pressure on to hopefully cause some errors. So I think that's the main thing that, you know, the 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 tall shooters that are around at the moment, I think. Um, and probably just that the fact that the players are so much fitter yeah. and um, and more professional that, you know, across the board, everybody is the same fitness level now, whereas you probably could have beaten people because you were fitter than them back when I was playing. But now you have to actually think about it as opposed to just outrunning someone. Mm. Sports science has come a long way, I think, because you yeah. can see like a lot of different, like whatever club it is, they've got all kinds of different, you know, athletic development mm. people that are yeah, coming yeah. in and statistics and all yeah, that sort which of stuff. Is is, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just curious because, I mean, you were talking about um, the Vixens and a couple of the other teams earlier just about how they had the plan B. Is that something that you would attribute the rolling subs to, being um, having the ability to roll in new players at any time and also perhaps having 12 players on the roster? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think a lot of the coaches do like to have a set seven and you could do that in a normal round where you're playing one game a week, but they probably had to start thinking, okay, what are we going to do now? We, we're going to need to rest some people, but we're also going to need to have a different strategy where we're not running and not expending so much energy all of the time. So that was probably good for the Vixens, plus that, and they, you know, they'd kind of been there or thereabouts for a couple of years and hadn't quite cracked it. So they probably did need to introduce something different. Um, yeah, but definitely I think the rolling subs made made the coaches – and early on you saw them testing it out, but um, a lot of them went back to the general to, yeah. yeah, starting seven towards the end of the season. But, um, you know, if you've got that 10 there, it's really good to be able to um, use it if you can. Now, Abby did tell us that you back in Sydney were still playing. Yes. Yes. So are Doing you the cheeky, like, have, have underground games. Netball Queensland <laughs> sort of demanded that you play for their social network <laughs> that, team it, as well? It wasn't in my contract, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had tried to retire the year before and then I got conned back into the game, but only because it was an indoor match. But it was it was fairly good standard, but I usually like to play goal defence or something just to oh, wow. try something Switch different. And Yeah. And then I have to act. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was going to sound bad. <laughs> um, no. You know, goal defence. It helps me actually with my coaching to um, play a different position and and figure out where I should be standing. Or you know, I'm telling people to do something on the court, and then I get on there and go, oh, you really can't do that. <laughs> so it it does help with your coaching, I think, to still get out there every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I can. I mean, I can attest to that. Like I play, um, you know, oh, here we Division go. Two indoor oh, uh, netball, <laughs> and for me, when what I play position? out of position. I'm goal attack. Yeah. So he's got a jump shot too. Yeah. yeah. Which I think some of the arms are starting to get a little bit. Nippy. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great jump shot. He also plays like Metro. He's being, he's being oh, very. No. Look, um, uh, well, I kind of want to talk myself out. Go away. Go away. Go away. He plays Metro. We'll just, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I like to do is like when we're playing the sort of the higher division in social, playing out of position for me allows me to understand yeah. my positioning as well. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I was like, yeah, Megan and I. We know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, it definitely it's just, helps. Yeah. <laughs> it does help. It does help. Oh, um, I'm curious about, you've obviously entered the coaching fraternity now. Um, <laughs> you've got a lot of wonderful friends, past and present, that are part of it currently. Um, 
what's that going to be like for you going into next year? Like, are you sitting there? Do you have like a burn book and you're just going to like open it up and like throw it at Briny or Liz or yeah, yeah, just not zone her out. Yeah, we sledge each other all the time. No, um, um, yeah, it's going to be so good to have their support around the place and to see some familiar places uh, faces wherever we go. So um, that will be good. I probably have to. Um, start thinking about what I say to them because there's a couple of them in the media and they might give away my secrets. So I'll have to stay a bit more tight-lipped when I'm speaking Liz to Ellis those blocked. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just give her the standard party line, you know. Oh, yeah, we were happy with our game. No salary yeah. cut. <laughs> um, but no, um, I've had a chat to Bryony already and um, we're actually going to catch up before Christmas and she said, I'm going to tell you everything that I did wrong in my first year. So, oh, wow. you know, she's very supportive and you know that's that's what that team is like where we stay in touch very regularly and catching up after Christmas as well as a group so yeah no um or she can be supportive now but I'm sure if we beat them she might change her tune <laughs> start sabotaging you on yeah. the sidelines yeah did, oh, did you talk to any of any of those guys when you were trying were you making the decision to actually apply for the job no um I was smack bang in the middle of my uni exams and it was like a last minute decision to apply and so I literally applied and forgot about it and then um there was some whispers going around and Kath Cox texted me and she goes I just heard that you'd applied for the Firebirds and I wasn't meant to say anything and I was like oh yeah I applied but I haven't heard anything yet and she's like, what, are you leaving me? You're going to Queensland. So I literally had applied and didn't tell anybody. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I was busy and thought, yes, let's do it and then put it out of my that mind. That is hilarious. I was that is you so love doing understated. undercover stuff, hey? Yeah. 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 You're just like, oh, yeah, I applied. I had <laughs> so much going on in my life it. at that point and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up just randomly like 1am yeah. I'll just hit, hit yeah. apply oh well, no you know, <laughs> that makes it sound blase but <laughs> I did give the application a lot of thought yeah good um, before putting it in and um, you know submitted a good application of thought so um, but well I, I look at it now and it makes complete sense like <laughs> you getting this position because obviously you have such a good career in coaching and that sort of thing and then but at the time I was like no I just I didn't, <laughs> didn't pick it it wasn't even no it was it no. was left field like honestly I remember when it was announced I think Nepal Twitter and, and people of the show and all that sort of stuff were like oh okay <laughs> okay this is great I saw one comment and um I think the person said who's that <laughs> oh no what yeah Oh, you mean send me that tweet? I don't know where it was, but I was just laughing out loud. But Marina um, Go will be happy. <laughs> one football <laughs> fan that's yeah. now liking netball. Yeah. Going, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just yeah. I I read a few of them over the you know you know I was kind of basking in the in the love for a couple yeah. of days there, which was nice. But um yeah, there was lots of positive support and. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping that those people are still out there and positive all season. Which is yeah, like, yeah, even in the highs and lows. Uh, just on that, and we'll, we'll wrap up shortly. But uh, what's do you have like a particular strategy on how you sort of manage like if there are the lows of the season, if things don't go to plan? Yeah, look, I um, always say as my goals, you know, you can have your big goals that are off in the distance, but they're the kind of things that are always just in the back of your head. You know, you write it down and it's there 
a bit like what I did with the application. It's there, yeah. but you've got all these other process steps along the way. And I think that's the most important thing is to and and what I said to Gabby this year, like your process and your strategies are really good. Stick at them because you're going to get there. And I could tell that they were going to get there. So I think it's just about um, making the players aware of what their little goals are individually throughout the year and then what the unit goals are and if we're still kind of around that mark you know trusting the process and knowing that it's going to happen at some point because um you can you can definitely lose a bit of faith when you're when you're not winning the games but if you if you trust in that process i think that it'll eventually come lastly where do you think the firebirds are going to sit on the table next year (laughs) First, that's what you I mean, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just like, look, probably seventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would like to say first at the end of the year, wouldn't you? But, um, you know, I would be happy um, for a better result than last year. And yep. I think the girls would be as well. Like, I think there's a lot of experienced um, teams in the competition. So if we can hold our own and win a few of those games that they they lost in the last quarter or the last half of the last quarter last year, I think that they'll be really happy. And then obviously hoping that we can build throughout the season and, and keep improving as the season goes on, whatever those results are. Amazing. I think cool. that'll do us. Yeah. Megan Anderson, thank you so much thank for coming you. on to the show. Thanks. Thanks very much. You're a legend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have a great Christmas yeah, and happy holidays and all the best too. for next year. Thank you.